Welcome to the Vibrant MD podcast, where we talk about weight loss, women's health, and food. I'm Dr. Heather Awad, a family doctor in Minnesota, and I am your host. Hello, my vibrant friend. I'm so glad to be together with you. It, this is going to be posted on Valentine's Day, so happy Valentine's Day. Sending my love. It's frankly been a weird couple of weeks. We were supposed to, my husband and I were going to go to a medical conference called Healthy Kitchens, Healthy Lives, and it's super fun. It's in Napa at the Culinary Institute of America. It's fabulous. You learn, you know, updates on the latest nutrition and, and lifestyle eating information, but you also get to watch chefs cook and get to watch doctors cook. And then you get into the Culinary Institute, into their professional kitchens, and you get to cook with the chefs. So it's super fun. And then there's eating and wine tasting and... Napa's beautiful in February, so uh, what happened though was the day we were supposed to go, my high school kid woke up sick, and of course it was, you know, he had rapid tests at home, and of course it was COVID, and frankly she, you know, I wasn't worried about her, she's, you know, high school, so she's vaccinated and boosted, but, you know, I just felt like she has COVID, I want to be here, I don't want to be traveling somewhere else so we canceled everything and stayed home and then of course you know I did also end up testing positive I don't think I would have even noticed it though I you know I had a mild headache one day was a little tired Um, so it was kind of a quiet week there at home but just taking care of her making soup she had a sore throat and and she recovered just fine Uh, but you know it's it is kind of sad when this gets in the way but I was glad to be home with her while she was sick. Anyway, with it being Valentine's Day, I was thinking about the love languages. Have you, this is something that's, I feel like it's pretty well known in popular culture. It was popularized by Gary Chapman's book. And um, I think it's actually a pretty powerful thing to look at. Uh, The, you know, we, they have these quizzes online. So you can uh, Google love languages quiz if you want to look for yourself there's a love languages quiz for kids which when my kids were younger we did and that was really eye-opening because you'll find some things out about your kids and and how they would like to relate to you and feel loved by you that can be pretty powerful Um, you know at the same time my husband and I looked at them and where you mismatch with your spouse can be really interesting so the the Five love languages are quality time, um, which seems pretty obvious, time together, gifts. We all know those people, and maybe it's you, who loves getting a gift or who loves giving gifts. Um, The other one is acts of service, the people who will make a meal for you or help you with your dog or whatever. Um, uh, Physical touch is another one. And this doesn't have to be a sex thing. It can, you know, just be a hug or... Um, cuddle time or whatever and then the other one is words of affirmation and I I kind of pick out the people in my life who who that's their love language too because they're the ones that are always saying the very nicest things and so insightful and um, and so apparently they also feel more loved when they get those back so with my husband and I we both had quality time as one of our top ones and then mine actually was acts of service so I love it when people you know, help me out with um, stuff around the house or if it looks like I'm 
having difficulty if someone jumps in and says, hey, can I help you with that? Or there's a project and I want other people to come in on it. Um, so that's my other one. But my husband's is physical touch. And the reason that was ended up being interesting to find out was, um, you know, if he's telling me about something that's gone on in his day, like he comes home and his clinic was just overfilled and everybody needed extra time and he's just kind of tired out and a little emotionally beat because of that. You know, I would normally have just been like, oh, that's, so, you know, it sounds like you had a rough day. Wow. You know, and listened to him and paid attention. But, um, but also it really, you can see his kind of stress level drop just by going over and, and rubbing his shoulder, you know, or, or putting, you know, or standing close to him or, you know, any of those things. So, um, it's funny. It's just something I wouldn't have thought to do because it's not my love language, but I'm, you know, it's seems like it's helpful to him. So I, I should ask him actually, but anyway, it, it's an interesting thing to look at the love languages and fun to talk about on Valentine's day. Now, the reason I've been thinking about it is in my weight loss program for professional women, uh, I get some love language comments like, my husband sends me with a shake when I go to work every day. That's his love language. Or my partner cooks us omelets every morning for breakfast. That's their love language. Um, and then I sit there and as a weight loss coach, feel very thankful that Gary Chapman did not, did not include food as one of the love languages. And even when I look at his, I think, well, it could be acts of service. It could be gifts. I don't know what else it would fit into, but it, you know, it does make me think a little bit. Now, some of us have grown up with families where food is love. Now, I did not grow up with this, um, but I have been to people's homes where they do have that. To me, sometimes they honestly look like food pushers when you're there. You, you know, you never want to say I saved room for dessert because they're going to slop some more food onto your plate unless you actually stick your hand out over it um, to block it. Uh, you know, they're, when you have food on your plate, they're going to be like, oh, don't you like that? Why aren't you eating it? You know, um, and but I do think that they are genuinely uh, trying to share love with you uh, through the food. And that's probably how they were raised as well. You know, I, I, I was actually talking to one of my life coaches um, about an experience I had with a book that I'd given someone who just really kind of blew it off and how hurt my feelings were. And, and they said, you know what, Heather, for you, books are love. And, and they said, it, it reminds me of the food is love people, um, which I thought, wow, now I kind of understand that depth of emotion because I was feeling really bad that this person rejected the book that I offered. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. There, sometimes we don't realize kind of where that, um, where those feelings come from. So I do have a, a woman in my program from the fall who had a parent who is very much a food is love person. And this is their family. So she it was it played out kind of interestingly and i'll i'll tell you kind of her what her experience was going through this uh to maybe give you some ideas for the food is love people in your family so 
She had talked to her mom about being on a weight loss journey. And at the time she was avoiding, you know, we, in my program, we um, look at what you, what each person wants to do to make an individual plan. And at the time she was not eating bread and avoiding flour of all kinds. Processed, you know, it's a very processed carbohydrate. So, uh, you know, she was talking to her mom about what her current plan was and that she was trying to lose weight. And her mom was very supportive um, of all that. And then uh, her mom invited the family over for dinner on the weekend. And so she asked her mom what they were going to have so she could think about what she was going to eat. And then it turned out that the food that she was making, there was bread, there was a bunch of things with flour in them. Um, And so it was completely not supportive um, of her what her current protocol was. Now she, what it seemed like happened is that her mom supported her, loves her and says, yes, you're on your journey. But when it was time to come to dinner, it was, she defaulted to, this is my food as love meal that I give to my extended family. So actually this person in the, in my program decided not to go. They, you know, a day later without you know, it wasn't a last minute cancellation, but a day later said, oh, we're not available or we're going to be on. I think what she did was she said, they're going to be on a different part of town. Can we meet you out to eat? And actually at a restaurant, this person felt more in control because they could look at the menu and choose what they wanted. And, you know, she just said, well, I really want to see you. So can we, can we meet out at this restaurant instead? And so they did that. And she actually just kind of waited Um, a number of weeks to eat at her mom's house again until she felt more comfortable going there, um, knowing that her mom was going to push food on her, knowing that her mom was going to make some things um, that weren't what she was eating at the time. And, and she wanted to be feel more comfortable and ready. So that was that was definitely interesting for her to process. So when it was when she was feeling ready, she was again, eating some flour on her protocol, the plan she had for what she was going to eat that week, then she was able to um, make a plan to go to her mom's house for dinner. And her mom did plan some foods again that had flour in them. And she was also able to go and be ready to not overeat. So her mom put food on her plate, put seconds on her plate. And when she was feeling very satisfied, she just stopped and pushed back her plate. And her mom kind of said, oh, don't you like the food? And she said, no, it's delicious. And well, you should eat more. And if you liked it, you would finish and and all these things, Um, which, like I said, when you don't come from a food is love family, you look at that and go, they're food pushers. Um, But I think when you're in that family, you understand that that this is meant to be um, giving love. So she was able at that point in time to say, you know, I'm, I really can't eat anymore, but could I take this home with me? And then her mother was delighted and packed up uh, the rest of the food that was on her plate, some more food uh, from the dish on the table and sent her home with to go um, containers. So, The great thing about this is, um, you know, the mom was able to give the love. The (laughs) the person in my program was able to feel that they accepted the love without feeling that they'd eaten something 
that they didn't want to eat. Um, and also, it's a good reminder too that when you take those um, boxes home, when someone who is a food is love person sends you home with food, you don't actually have to eat that at home. You can throw it away. You have accepted the love by taking the container and you are not obligated to actually put that food in your mouth if it's not really what's serving you, what's in your plan for the week. Um, so that, that all works. The interesting thing too was a couple of weeks later, this person expressed um, how it's made her think a little bit more about what she does as part of this cycle of food as love. And she felt like there was a piece of it there that worked into um, kind of how she wanted to eat for the future, but then also how she wanted to pass this along, what values and food values she wanted to pass along to her own children. So she had been sending her college kid a lot of food and treats and things. And she thought, you know, there are other things that I could do. So she thought to herself that she was going to make a plan to send some homemade treats, but then also maybe send a sweatshirt um, or maybe he needed a new pair of pants or, or some other way to get the message to him that she was thinking of him, but not that it always has to be food. Now, I don't want to say that food can never be love. Uh, you know, maybe your kid, like this person, your kid comes home from college, and of course you're going to make their favorite meals. Um, maybe your brother's coming over and, you know, he loves your baked chicken, so you're going to make that. Um, but the, but looking at it a little bit closer and thinking, am I, am I giving this... Um, or am I, am I pushing it on people? Like if your brother came over and you made the chicken and he said, oh, I didn't know we were going to eat. Um, I just ate. Would you make him eat it? Would you guilt him into eating some? Um, you know, are you so hurt that you need him to eat it? Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to think about. What are those dynamics in your own family or in the family that you married into, or someone at work. Uh, because one of the things when you're on a weight loss journey that is really helpful is to start to look and think about how what other people think you should eat is not actually any of their business. Um, what you put in your own mouth is, um, you know, what you decide will nourish you, um, help your body feel good, satisfy you, and also serve your weight loss goals. So as I look at the end of this, I, I definitely think, uh, thank you, Gary Chapman, for not including food as one of the love languages, <laughs> um, because uh, we, don't, we don't need it in there. Uh, and if you've got it in your family, or if you've got it in someone who's close to you, and it's um, making your weight loss goals difficult, uh, really do look at it. Um, the ways that it works as far as what you're putting in your mouth and then also how you're contributing to the cycle in your own family. So I will just sign off today by sending you my love again on Valentine's Day. So happy to be here with you and thanks for listening.
Take care. If you're enjoying the podcast, please click subscribe and give me a rating. Also, I have a new free resource on my website, Six Ways to Lose Weight Now. So check it out on my website, vibrant-md.com forward slash tips.